folks. Hey, what a what a day it's been already. TSN four downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Cut day in the NFL. Teams have to go from 90 to 53 players. Bodies are flying. Deals are being made. A blockbuster out of Oakland. The Raiders have traded three-time Pro Bowler, former Defensive Player of the Year, pass rushing stud Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. Reports in, it is at least at least two first-round picks and likely more. We'll keep you up to date if we hear about that uh, throughout the show. If not, we will make sure we tweet it out on Twitter at TSN4Downs, TSN and the number 4Downs, at AndyMC81. And, folks, we're delivered by Domino's. As you know, go get yourself a medium-feast pizza for just ten ninety nine. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals. Side dishes like boneless chicken, pasta, the marble cookie brownie for dessert. Uh, Take care of yourself this Labor Day weekend. Dominoes.ca, that's dominoes.ca. Also, it's the kickoff of the college football season. And NFL regular season is right around the corner. The preseason games finally wrap up. And next week, it will be go time. So when you start the NFL year... What do you look at? It's maybe some sports betting out of Vegas. Well, I got ESPN sports betting expert David Purdom. He'll join me in a few minutes' time. And then fantasy football advice if you're having your draft, if it's coming up, if you just had it. Brandon Marianne Lee from SiriusXM Fantasy Football host. She will join me and uh, we'll go over a DraftKings contest as well. Your share of a million bucks. But folks, man, there's just so much to get to. Let's, let's go to the news and notes. First down. Okay. As I said off the top, Bears making a blockbuster trade for Khalil Mack. It's at least two first-round picks, multiple reports, and, and likely more because the Browns were in conversation. Other teams were rumored to be. And the thing you had to remember is to be considered, you have to have a pile of cap space here. Okay? Because Khalil Mack, he's entering the fifth year of his contract. He's going to make $13.8 million, but he wants an extension. That's why he wasn't reporting to Oakland. To me, this is a catastrophic blunder by new head coach John Gruden with the Raiders. Just disastrous. You start a... Remember, he's there for 10 years. He's guaranteed $100 million over 10 years. That's your first move? Deal out. Your first player, your, your your best player, on an okay defense, wow, it's it's absolutely nuts. No matter what the return is, you're still not getting back a Khalil Mack. ESPN's Adam Schefter gave his thoughts on, on why things could not be worked out in Oakland. It's a great question. Look, they paid a lot of different players during the off season, and I think the relationship there, Khalil Mack, made it very difficult on the Raiders in the fact that he did not report to any activities, did not have any contact with John Gruden, and the Oakland Raiders did not want to go ahead and pay a guy that they basically could not establish a relationship with. There was not an ongoing dialogue, not open lines of communication. We saw a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. show up and go through deals. Aaron Donald was talking to his head coach regularly. There was no contact here between the two sides. Somewhere along the way, the relationship went cold, And the Raiders figured that with all these teams interested in Khalil Mack, with teams making offers, and they had multiple offers from multiple teams to choose from, that they were best off taking this offer from the Chicago Bears. That's still wild to me. And this is, I was talking with producer Sean Lavery before the show, and we're like, how does this make any sense? And we came up with the 
Family Guy, Peter Griffin scenario. If you if you watch Family Guy, you remember there was a boat episode, okay, and where the Griffins were going to get possibly a boat. And if you keep this in mind, as Peter Griffin's voice here as John Gruden and the boat being Khalil Mack, I think this will make sense. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know how much we've wanted one of those. And that's what I think John Gruden was like with Khalil Mack. It's like, uh, John, you got the best, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Yeah, but if we have two first-round picks, we could be anything. It could even be Khalil Mack. Yeah, but you have Khalil Mack. But this could be... If you get rid of Khalil Mack, you're going to be looking for another Khalil Mack. And they don't come around that often. That's the crazy part. Your defense now is crippled. Crippled. And this was supposed to be a comeback season for Derek Carr, Mari Cooper. Wow. In that wide-open AFC West, you couldn't make that work? I'm not saying Khalil Mack is completely blameless in this because you are under contract. You should have shown up like Odell Beckham Jr. did, like Aaron Donald eventually did, and at least have communication. But John Gruden, specifically, not communicating with your best player, inexcusable. Okay, let's move on. Second down. Now, finally, the L.A. Rams and monster defensive tackle Aaron Donald have agreed to a contract extension, and it's a big one. Six years, $135 million. You see, the Rams did what the Raiders should have done. Okay, you have a dispute. You figure it out. Your best player, you figure it out. ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday believes uh, Aaron Donald, he is money well spent. Worth every penny. This guy is a flat-out monster at the defensive line position. And, and what's different from most defensive positions is you can't really scheme away from him, especially now that you've added Sue to the mix. All of a sudden, you have a guy who's going to get a ton of one-on-one matchups or even double teams as opposed to triple teams. He can play over either guard, over the center, and you watch how he just dominates and impacts football games. Because here's what quarterbacks don't want. I don't care which quarterback we're talking about. The best of the best. They do not want pressure up the middle. They can, they can deal with pressure on the side you can chip with the running back you can do those things it is much more difficult to control the interior part of the line of scrimmage every center every guard in the league who faces this guy has a has a, an amount of fear before the game kicks in because the last thing you want to do is get that franchise guy hit or hurt because of him and he's a guy who can do it 87 million dollars they're still getting out cheap on that guarantee and for the rams and that was jeff saturday remember former center for peyton manning with the colts for years you had aaron donald you signed a dom you, you bring that together, and man, what do you have with the L.A. Rams? Like that, that shows how quickly in the NFL things can turn around. Like, like They can turn around in an instant if you go for it, and the Rams are. You have Jared Goff coming up, great second year, looking to build on that. Todd Gurley, all-world. You have a nice core of receivers, and you have a front four that is next level. Rams are going to be something special. And speaking of extensions, of course, earlier in the week, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers signed a record-setting extension worth $134 million. And here's a little info for you. So we have Rodgers, you know, one or one A top quarterback in the NFL. But there are 22 quarterbacks that make more money than five-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady. 22. That includes Blake Bortles and Ryan Tannehill all making more money than Tom Brady. I know people dump on Brady. You know, there's the jealousy factor. I, I, I am too. I, we're jealous. They win all the time. But the sacrifice, and millions of dollars, you know, sacrifice, use it loosely. But to give up that amount of money and be below, just from an ego standpoint, an ego standpoint, you make less than Blake Bortles, less than Ryan Tannehill. You got to give props 
to Tommy Terrific. Okay, let's move on. Third down. I wanted to move along here with just there's there's so many different storylines heading into the NFL season. This is the ESPN NFL panel discussing their most intriguing storylines as we get ready for week one next week, beginning with Field Yates. Keeping a close eye on Mitch Trubisky, last year's number two overall pick, second season in Chicago. Players often make their biggest leap between year one and year two. So much better infrastructure around him this year. Beefed up pass catchers, new offensive coordinator and head coach, and a better offensive system. But what kind of strides does he make himself in this new it season? It was a priority for this new regime to get him, to get the pieces in place around him. Now we'll see. Dan? Kirk Cousins. I mean, Minnesota was hey, not broken, and they chose to fix it. And they went with a guy, Kirk Cousins, who's never had the talent that he has now in Minnesota around him. And this is a plan that he set in motion years ago. He was going to get himself out of Washington to a place that he thought, I can go win a Super Bowl. It's Minnesota. He chose them. They chose him. I'm keeping my eye completely locked on them. Best yeah. way I've heard it put, it wasn't broken, and they chose to fix it. <laughs> I love it. Lewis? Yeah, the question for me is, is Joe Flacco elite? Is he really? We're going to find out this year, right? That's what a lot of people want to know. They really did a good job. You want to talk about building up infrastructure around the guy. He has no excuses this year. He has weapons on the perimeter. He has, a different, he has different types of weapons. He has a possession guy, Michael Crabtree, an intermediate range guy, and he has the deep threat in John Brown. He has young tight ends. Although Hayden Hurst is hurt right now, he will be back at, the, at maybe the, you know, the second month of the season. He has a strong running game. The offensive line needs to continue to develop. You know they play great defense in Baltimore. Baltimore cannot be counted out as a potential wildcard team, and Pittsburgh better be on top of their game. I think Baltimore is going to be the breakout team this year. I totally disagree with Baltimore being the breakout team, but I think they will be improved with some of the weapons there. Want to tee up our poll question at TSN 4Downs, at AndyMC81, TSN and the number 4Downs on Twitter. Who will be the fantasy football comeback player of the year? In fantasy football, who will be the comeback player of the year? Aaron Rodgers, Josh Gordon, Odell Beckham Jr., or David Johnson? All great choices. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Gordon, Odell Beckham Jr., or David Johnson? You can vote at TSN 4Downs, TSN the number 4Downs, and AndyMC81. But up next, sports betting, NFL betting, college football betting tips with David Purdom from ESPN. That's coming up next on TSN 4Downs. On TSN 1050. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Rolling along here, TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 4 Downs, TSN and the number 4 Downs. How about this? The Cleo Mack news keeps coming. Traded to the Chicago Bears, of course. Derek Carr, franchise QB of the Raiders, just tweeted out a few minutes ago, no way. That's all. Raider players are freaking out. Well, how is that going to be for John Gruden? Ten-year contract, hundred million bucks. Maybe he'll just be—it's fully guaranteed. Maybe Gruden will just be like, "Well, if you fire me, I get to do nothing for nine and a half years." Cool. Also, Corey Coleman cut from the Buffalo Bills. Former Browns first-round pick traded for a seventh-round pick. How about this for a payday? 
with the cut, because he's still on his rookie deal, it's fully guaranteed. Corey, this is courtesy of Spot Track. Corey Coleman gets $3.55 million from the Bills for 25 days of practice. Not bad work if you can get it. Yikes. All right, let's get right into this here. ESPN's David Purdom. Chatted with him a little bit earlier. Get you ready. He's their sports betting expert. Some of the trends you want to know and be up to date on for the upcoming NFL season and also the start of the college football season. Here we go. David, you and Darren Ravel wrote for ESPN Chalk that Patriots owner Robert Kraft and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones still have investments in DraftKings, even though DraftKings has now entered the sports betting world in New Jersey. So where is the NFL at in more openly supporting gambling on games? And could Kraft and Jones get in some trouble from the league here? Well, the second part, Kraft and Jones are within the rules. Um, NFL owners are allowed to own an equity stake in any entity that makes uh, less than 30% of its total revenue from gaming-related events. Uh, so they're in fine there. Where the league is is a good question, and there's some debate over that right now. If you talk to uh, people from the players' unions, they think the league is behind and is flat-footed on this. If you talk to owners, they think... Uh, we're ready to go forward with this. Uh, you know, we, we are ready to embrace this and we're ready to see how we can monetize legalized sports betting. And then if you talk to the league office, uh, they're a little more cautious and kind of still concerned and still always throwing out that integrity of the game line and really concerned that legalized sports betting may uh, damage the integrity of the game. So there's a lot of different takes on it. It's going to be interesting to see how it all kind of evolves. If I had to wager right now, I think the owners are probably going to come out on top on this. Right, because ultimately, David, we've talked about this before, and this has been the the ongoing issue. Uh, people gamble on the NFL. People play fantasy football. People gamble. That's why the sport is as popular as it is. So I just don't see like kind of the old dinosaur thought of what's going to affect the integrity of the game. Well, would it affect it more if you're going to you know your your bookie in a in a New York basement, right? Like like what's going to have a, a bigger effect? You're spot on there. It's like they think these. If anybody was uh, unscrupulous enough to try to fix the game in the first place, they're not going to wait until it's legalized no. <laughs> uh, sports betting. No, then you have to go give your ID before you place your bets. They were going to do it in this unregulated market that's existed for decades in here. So uh, just the, the logic behind uh, the NFL stance and their concerns, and, and not all just the NFL, all the sports leagues, it, it just doesn't seem to add up to me. No, not at all. And work continues in the U.S. government to set up sports betting guidelines. And you said you're going to be, before we went on the air, you're going to head down to Mississippi for the start of the college football season where it is now legal. But big picture, USY, where are we at when it comes to betting on the NFL, on pro sports uh, outside of Nevada and New Jersey? So we, we have West Virginia, uh, Mississippi, and Delaware, in addition to New Jersey and Nevada, that are all having... Uh, full-scale sports books right now at the start of football season. So that's 10% of the U.S. 50 states uh, now offer expanded legalized sports betting. And where people think that's only going to grow. Next year, we're probably going to see Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, New York, Illinois, uh, Michigan, uh, tons of other states. You know, by the end of two, three, four more years, uh, most people will believe that half of the U.S. states uh, will be offering some type of sports betting. Now, the question is regarding the federal government. Are they going to get involved? Are they going to pass a new law and set 
uh, standards, minimum standards for these states to follow. And uh, there are multiple high-profile senators, uh, Senator Schumer out of New York and Senator Hatch out of Utah, are both examining the issue and trying to figure out uh, what they could do to put some things in place that, you know, would, would give us a uniform policy. Because in the leagues and uh, defense there, uh, they're looking at all these states, and each state has a little different law. Some states in Mississippi, you could bet on all colleges, in-state or not. Uh, up in New Jersey, you can't bet on any games involving a Rutgers or a Seton Hall basketball, any of those oh. state schools. Yeah, so hmm. uh, there's different regulations in different states, and if you're a sports league, that makes it a little tougher. So I, I do understand the, their desire to have some sort of federal framework. In conversation with David Purdom from ESPN Chalk on Twitter, at David Purdom. Okay, let's swing back to the NFL here. And David, the Cleveland Browns have a 1-31 record over the past two seasons. Yet, it was reported the other week that there are more bets on the Browns to win the AFC North than the rest of the three other teams in the division combined. Why do you feel Cleveland is being the hot bet this offseason? That's a good question. <laughs> not on my list. I'm not going to be putting anybody on. But, however, they have a, a revamped roster. I mean, we have improved quarterback Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, uh, added Carlos Hyde, a solid running back, added Jarvis Landry, a mm-hmm. veteran prolific receiver, Josh Gordon coming back. So we, this is not the same team that went 1-31 in the past few years. This is an improved roster, uh, greater talent. Uh, what I think is going to be the determination of all this is – is the coaching there. Uh, you know, have they been hamstrung by the lack of talent in previous years, or are they just not a very good coaching staff? Uh, so we'll have to see how that plays out. We do get uh, some souvenir bets, is what we call them, on Cleveland every year. Uh, during the off season. it seems like Ohio, people from the Midwest, uh, will travel to Las Vegas, maybe get out of the cold weather and place a few bets. But uh, this year, the, the amount of wagers on the Browns is quite remarkable. Uh, uh, at the MGM Sportsbook, there were more Brown, uh, Browns bets to win the Super Bowl than there were on the Falcons, on the Jaguars, or the Chiefs. Wow. The playoff teams from last year. So it is pretty remarkable. It's been a little bit more unusual amount of action on the on the Browns this year. Be a hell of a payoff if they went from 0-16 to Super Bowl. Oh. Absolutely. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. And if we look league-wide here, which team has seen the biggest swing from the betting public from last year to this season as far as money being put down for them to win the Super Bowl? Who's seen the biggest spike? Well, you know, I'm going to switch over to the, the season win totals, and that will kind of give you an idea of what okay. teams have in, in the Vegas' eyes that have either improved or, 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 or uh, you know, gotten worse. And we're going to start here with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they, they have a win total over under six right now. This is a playoff team from last year, a nine-win team. And 88% of the money at the William Hill Sportsbook is under on under six wins. Oh. So there is no belief in the Bills right now. On the other side of that, there's the Colts. Colts were a four-win team last year. No Andrew Luck. Everything went, went wrong. Uh, they're over and under is set at six and a half wins this year, uh, year, and some books even have it at seven. Ninety percent of the money is on the over uh, of six and a half wins at the Colts at William Hill. So that's really that Andrew Luck factor. So I think those teams, uh, you, you've seen the biggest kind of increase or decrease, at least their perception. In conversation with David Purdom from ESPN Chalk. Uh, David, this has been a fascinating story to me coming out over the last few weeks involving 49ers quarterback, a cornerback, Richard Sherman. And he's not just the spokesperson for a daily fantasy site, he's co-founder of it. How rare is this to see an active player be directly involved with something like this? Like, not doing a commercial, but this is his 
I mean, Rare doesn't go, this is the first one, as far as yeah. I'm aware, and several of the fantasy industry veterans that I spoke to said they could not remember a uh, individual professional athlete launching his own uh, fantasy site. And this site's kind of interesting. It's kind of got a new twist to it where it, it posts basically an over-under number of the total points that your fantasy team has to score. And you draft all these players, whoever you want, a normal roster. And if your team eclipses the over-under, they call it the daily number, you win. Hmm. And it's based on the amount of stars you have on your roster is your payout. So if you have Aaron Rodgers and David Johnson and just all of the superstars, your payout's going to be a little bit less if you beat the number. If you throw some uh, under the radar, some role players in there and they happen to have big games that week and they eclipse the number, your payout is a lot higher. So it's an interesting twist and it's interesting to see Richard get involved in that for sure. Now we know how strict the NFL can be. It seems if anything is too fun, they uh, they jump on it, right? And, and want to put some water on it. Uh, could there be any backlash or discipline to Sherman from the commissioner's office based on his involvement here? Well, I know he worked with the players. You needed to make sure okay. that he was on the up and up and, and got approval from them. Uh, I reached out to the NFL to see if they had any questions about that. They did not respond to uh so my my questions, my comments, but so uh, I guess they're going to let it go ahead, and it doesn't seem like there's been any backlash on it, which is kind of interesting. Now, Sherman, you cannot draft defensive players on this in this game, so you can't draft Richard Sherman. But uh, you know, he, it is an interesting little little uh, twist there for sure. In conversation with David Purdom from ESPN. Okay, we mentioned off the top, you're head down to Mississippi for the start of the college football season, so. Give me a couple of teams with the most betting action to make the college football playoffs and then win the national championship. Because we always have the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. And, of course, with that Urban Meyer situation, I'm, I, I wonder if that affects the betting line on, on the Buckeyes. But who are some, some teams that are seeing a lot of action to make the playoffs in the title? It really is Clemson and Alabama, and Alabama-Clemson both ways there. They're they, they getting the most action at every book, and that's number of bets to win the national championship and the amount of money to win the national championship. Every book I talked to, one of those two teams was at the top of those two categories, and there was a wide gap between everyone else. Uh, Michigan, as you mentioned, they have generated a little attention. Ohio State as well. Those two teams have big, big, big alumni bases, and they're very heavily bet every year. But really, when you look at it right now, it really is Alabama and Clemson. And I wrote a little story about how Alabama's odds this year, you can find them at less than 2-1 to one oh. to win the national championship, and that is extremely low for a preseason favorite. In fact, it's the best odds of any preseason favorite uh, since 2005, the USC Trojans, that really juggernaut team there with Reggie Bush and Matt Leinert. Uh, so Alabama is in that class of favorite right now, which is pretty incredible. And what's even more incredible is Clemson's just a step below them. Hmm. I had a sports book manager who had his power ratings, and he was looking at it, and he had Alabama just about a point, point and a half above Clemson. So those two teams really seem destined to go very far and possibly have another one of their rematches would be the third year in a row they would Jeez. be in the playoffs if so. And last one for you here, David. What about Ohio State and that that type of situation in general? When you have off-field controversy with Urban Meyer or or even in, in any sport, if there's off-field distraction, off-field issues, does that ever move the line? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? It's really tough to handicap uh, human emotions. Yeah. What's all going on there. So it does make it difficult. Um, you know, they, they have a pretty easy schedule to start off with. They're 
39-point favorite over Oregon State this week. Um, and then I think they, I can't remember their second game, but then they also have TCU in a couple weeks, which would be their, their toughest game or their first three games. And, and that line did move because that'll be one of the ones, last one that Meyer won't be on the sidelines. TCU uh, was a 13-point underdog before the Urban Meyer news. It's down to 10 right now. So in a couple weeks, we'll see how that plays out. I'm kind of on the side that uh, the off-field distractions, uh, those don't trump talent, in my opinion. And, you know, Ohio State has the best of the best players. Uh, When they get out on the field, I don't think they're going to be too worried about uh, Urban Meyer's situation out there. I think their talent will will, will do them well. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Start of the college football season, NFL regular season right around the corner. David, thank you so much. You got it, Eddie. There you go, David Purden from ESPN, getting you all ready for college football and NFL with some sports betting tips and information. We're going to swing over to fantasy football. Brandon Marianne Lee, Sirius XM Fantasy Football hostess, joins me next here on TSN 4 Downs. Cutdown day in the National Football League. Boy, it's a busy morning. Here on TSN 4 Downs, you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN 4 Downs and on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. We'll keep you all up to date on, well, if anything else happens today. We have Khalil Mack, of course, going to the Bears from the Raiders in a mega deal. Cuts happening all over the place. But let me welcome in now. Let's, let's switch to some fantasy football, folks, because if you haven't had your draft, it's coming. If you have, you're going to be looking to tweak that team and get ready for week one, which starts next Sunday. On the line now, Brandon Marianne Lee of The Athletic, CBS Sportsline, Fantasy Alarm, and Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Brandon, I had to take a, a big breath there. You're doing so much. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I know it's a it's a very busy time. Uh, last <laughs> night I was uh, hosting the National Fantasy Football Championship at Hotel Pennsylvania in New York City uh, for SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, and it's just so fun. This people get together, draft. I mean, this is this is the best time of year. It's really awesome. Oh, it's it's so fun. Now, it, just right off the bat, with Khalil Mack going to the Bears, uh, if you've had your draft, uh, do you recommend people kind of scouring the waiver wire, maybe maybe picking up that Bears D? Yes and no. In terms of real football, I'm very excited for the Bears defense. And they're definitely a defense that I am going to target uh, in terms of uh, wanting to see where they're going to go. I think they have a lot of upside. They have a lot of turnovers going on there. They were already a young, hungry group of guys that I was already interested to begin with, right? Yeah. My only problem is that in fantasy, it's all about the matchups. Uh, and they start week one against Aaron Rodgers. Mm. So it's going to be hard to pick them up <laughs> right now. Uh, but in week two, they go against Seattle Seahawks. I think there's a lot of sacks in store for them there. Week three against the Cardinals. I'm not worried about that. Week four, Tampa Bay. Yes. Week five, five. <laughs> then it's Miami. That's great. Then it's Tom Brady. But listen, there are a lot of games there where you want the, the Bears. So if you have room on your roster, great. Uh, but otherwise, I think they're going to be a big week one post-week one pickup after right. they say it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, keep him on your radar. Okay. Uh, uh, Brandon, you were on Scout Fantasy website. Put together a very interesting debate here for average draft position. Andrew Luck versus Drew Brees. Now, obviously, Brees seems like the safe bet, but in general, if you drafted uh, uh, Andrew Luck, he's not going to go higher than Brees, but is there is there value there? Like, How do you weigh the risk-reward for Luck versus Brees? 
I think there is value there. I just think it's a little riskier than what people think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm still okay with taking Andrew Luck as a very, very low-end QB1 or QB2. Uh, but my, my problem is is that his best season was in 2014. He actually sustained this injury in 2015. Then he had the surgery in 2016. Took a whole year off of football. You can tell that there's a velocity issue there in the preseason. I'm just also worried about that team gave up 52 sacks last year. Uh, It's not even about Andrew Luck necessarily. It's really the circumstance. They have T.Y. Hilton and then what? Uh, The tight end situation is even dicey over there. They have very reliable Jack Doyle, unreliable Eric Ebron, but you know they're going to use them. So it's just, it's who's the running back? I could go on and on about the Colts. (laughs) And the problem is we didn't see in the preseason anything that said, oh, no, everything's going to be fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, exactly. Yeah, you have a. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what the Giants were with Eli Manning in that they're very one dimensional and teams can just tee off. And when you have an injury prone guy, that is scary. So, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm with you. There's huge upside, but you don't want to be relying on Andrew Luck. So, Luck versus Breeze. Let's go to the running back position here, Brandon. And as a Browns fan, it pains me to give any credit to those Baltimore Ravens, but. Alex Collins quickly turning from a sleeper into a solid RB2, RB3 fantasy draft choice. Ravens have been looking for a quality back who can carry the load since Ray Rice to compliment Joe Flacco's, like the statuesque bat there in the pocket. How do you feel about Collins heading into the season, and where do you see him slotting into a fantasy lineup? Yeah, I really, really like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually put this out on Twitter and also in one of my articles at FantasyAlarm.com. Uh, Alex Collins wasn't even on the Ravens roster in week one. He didn't play more than 30% of the team's snaps until week eight. They halfway through the season. And yet, he finished 2017 as the 16th highest scoring fantasy running back with 973 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, 23 catches for 187 additional yards. I think that that's a half season for him. That's nuts. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, the sky's the limit for this guy. Now, do I think that he's going to necessarily be, you know, Le'Veon Bell? No, I'm not an insane person. <laughs> but I do think that he's an every week high floor guy because they need him. Sure. Oh, yeah. And again, we go back to the Andrew Luck and Eli Manning. They obviously added Saquon Barkley. But you need a complimentary back for a, a, a non-mobile quarterback. Right, and Joe Flacco's not yep. going anywhere. We saw when he tried to run last year. What was it versus Miami, and he got turned inside out with his helmet flying off. So if you could add that <laughs> that back that back end piece, um, he's going to get a lot of work. I'm excited about Alex Collins. Yeah, I am too, and I just think he's still a value. You can get him in the second or the third round, uh, and that's great because running backs are going off the board yeah. so quickly now. He's probably the least buzzy guy, who is definitely the lead back in his offense so yeah i'm taking him everywhere yeah i'm with you i picked him up in one of my drafts here in conversation with brandon marianne lee serious xm fantasy football host works for the athletic and boy just about everywhere you can follow her on twitter at brandon her ffb okay let's go over to back to back to defense a little bit here and, and we talked about the bears it's not the sexiest topic going over dst but aaron donald signed that mega extension with the rams how would you rate the Rams, D, and is it, do you think it's worth a fantasy owner maybe to reach a little bit to go get the Rams? Uh, yeah, I think so. Although, I'm going to be honest with you, this is a strategy question, mm. and this is all about how you personally play fantasy football. So right. for me, I play the matchups and defenses, so I actually take defenses after my kicker. 
which is not ah. like traditional, but I don't ever want to think about my kicker again. So <laughs> I'll take the kicker and then a defense and then I'm good. Yeah. Whereas the defense is all about who's playing the Browns. Uh, although this year the Browns might be decent, but you know, uh, who's going to play the Bills. Maybe it'll be a good yeah. one. Uh, you know, I have my sacrificial lambs and as whoever's <laughs> playing them, I'm good to go. Uh, the Seahawks, because they give up so many sacks. So if you get a ton of points for sacks, everybody, make sure to check out the, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so for me, it's a little bit more of a strategy question. But in terms of if you're someone that's the opposite of that, if you're like, I never want to think about my defense again, I think the Rams might be one of those people. Um, because even within their division, you know, um, they have the, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, one of the sacrificial mm-hmm. lambs that I just talked about. Um, and then the 49ers, which, you know, I, I still don't know what the 49ers look like this year. Actually, just, I thought this whole preseason, I didn't know what anyone looked like. It was yeah. the least revolutionary type season I've seen because people sat their starters. Even in the, in the uh, third preseason game, which is normally the dress rehearsal, a lot of people sat their starters. So I don't know. I, I think that the Rams are great. I would go a little bit. And, yes, Aaron Donald's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Brandon, when is Larry Fitzgerald going to going to like just collapse? Like, what? When is this going to happen? We've been waiting for it's like for five years, right? Like he's thirty five now. It's like okay, this year Larry's going down. All the dude does is keep posting thousand plus yard seasons. That's what he does. So thirty five years old. You got new quarterbacks, and I say quarterbacks because we know with Sam Bradford, you're, you're going to see the other quarterback in Arizona. Where are you at when it comes to drafting Fitzgerald, and how reliable do you think he can be in twenty eighteen? like the Cardinals offense more than most people and there's a couple of reasons why. First of all I, I also say this out, in 2004 okay, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, he had only 780 yards which was his fewest ever posted while playing in the NFL and he was a rookie and he still scored eight touchdowns. That is continued excellence. I think we do not give him enough props. He's just amazing. Yeah. I think he continues that excellence this year. I'm not quite sure he'll hit quite a thousand, but in my opinion, unless he like gets hurt in the middle of the season, the guy's going to at least get 900 yards. He's definitely still someone that, again, that high floor. Um, I think it's great they have David Johnson back. David Johnson only broke, you know, dislocated his wrist, everybody. It was not a lower body. It was not some sort of, you know, ACL or issue. He's fine. Exactly. This is really interesting. Bradford is a an excellent athlete when on the field. He's just never on the field. Uh, but in week one against Washington, he's my DFS play of the week. I mean, he's always good in week one, and he's always good against bad defenses, so yay. Um, but Josh Rosen's very similar to Bradford, so I think actually their playbook, they, they're kind of interchangeable, so I don't even think there'll be that much of a transition issue because they're the same type of quarterback in terms of what they can do, what they do in terms of accuracy, uh, that they're both pocket passers. So I, I feel fine about Larry Fitzgerald this season. I, he's going a little higher than I like because he used to be so cheap when everyone thought he was going to go away, and now everyone's like, <laughs> eh, he's Iron Man, so we'll take him. But uh, I still think he's a, he's a fantastic option for sure. We'll see what happens. One more quick one for you here, Brandon. The Tampa Bay Bucks seem to be free-falling. you got Jameis Winston suspended, Fitzmagic's back, baby, right? He's going to be wheeling-dealing. But the, how will this affect the position players? you got Mike Evans, who, if all's right in the world, you're taking him high. We know what he can do. Also, up-and-coming tight end, O.J. Howard. The non-quarterback pieces and that the, the flux in that QB room with Tampa Bay, how are you addressing those when you're drafting, and, and even when it comes to playing a Mike Evans or an O.J. Howard? Mike Evans is now super cheap, so I'm taking him where I can because okay. I can get him in the third. He even called the fourth round in one of my drafts, and that's just insane. So Jeez, you guys, okay. the volume is still going to be there for him. I have no problem with that. 
Uh, in terms of Deshaun uh, Jackson and Chris Godwin, it, they're just late-round flyers to me that are kind of like a lot of other people. I'm not as excited. Same with the tight ends. I just can't trust either of them. I do think this is huge for Peyton Barber, which I thought was going to be huge for Ronald Jones until Ronald Jones, I don't know, imploded. I'm, I'm not quite sure what happened. Uh, but if they gave Jaquiz Rogers 22 touches a game, what are they going to give Peyton Barber? I mean, yeah. So I think they're going to rely on him, and he's still super cheap, you guys. So go get him. I mean, listen, I wanted Ronald Jones to happen as much as the next person, but I live in the now. It didn't happen. Move on. Move on, man. Absolutely. Brandon, this yeah. is a real, a real pleasure. Let's do it again later on in the season. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. That is. Brandon Marianne Lee, she's with SiriusXM Fantasy Football. She's a host on there, The Athletic, Sports, everywhere. Check her out on Twitter. She is a must-follow, at Brandon, her, F-F-B. We're going to take the break, wrap up the show next with our poll question. Who's your fantasy football comeback player of the year? You can vote at TSN4Downs, TSN the number 4Downs, and at AndyMC81, as well as San Francisco 49ers. A lot of hype around them. Jimmy G, are they a sure thing to go over 500 this season? We'll talk about that next. TSN 4 Downs. Back to wrap up a wild NFL edition of TSN 4 Downs. Here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton, Andy McNamara with you. Get us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs, TSN and the number 4 Downs at AndyMC81. Instagram too at AndyMC Sports and people were delivered by Domino's. Don't forget, hey, this Labor Day, don't cook like a sucker. Go get yourself some Domino's. Medium feast pizza, delicious for just $10.99. Check out all the great delivery and carryout deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Let's get to our... Domino's candidate Twitter poll today at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Who will be the fantasy football comeback player of the year? Fantasy football comeback player of the year. Will it be Aaron Rodgers from the Packers? Josh Gordon for the Browns? Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants? Or David Johnson from the Cardinals? And you heard Brandon Marion Lee remind us with David Johnson, people a little skeptical. So, oh, is he going to be okay coming back from injury? It was a wrist for David Johnson. A wrist. Not ACL. Not an ankle, nothing to do involving him cutting or pivoting. David Johnson's going to be an absolute man beast. But you can make an argument for any one of these players because Josh Gordon, he played, he led the NFL in receiving in 2014, playing 10 games. 10. 10. Odell Beckham Jr., we know what he can do on the field. And Aaron Rodgers, a 1 or 1A overall in the NFL. So this is a tough question. Who's going to be your fantasy football comeback player of the year? I'm going to go. With Aaron Rodgers. I think with Rodgers, and he's leading the way at 38%. Tight the rest of the way. 21% for Gordon, 20% Beckham Jr., and 21% for Johnson. But I just think Aaron Rodgers has enough weapons around You add Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham's going to have a big year, too, at tight end. Uh, Devontae Adams, the running game, I think is going to be surprising. Jamal Williams is uh, expected to get a lot of work, and he flashed. So Aaron Rodgers, I think, has all the tools to just bounce back and be an absolute monster. Go behind the glass. Producer Sean Lavery. Sean, who's your fantasy football comeback player of the year? I'm going to vote for David Johnson. I really liked your explanation where it's just a wrist injury that he had last year. Yeah. It's not. It's nothing that really should affect his running. Uh, and last season, he was a, a number one overall fantasy football pick, and it seemed like that was a consensus. And then this year, Todd Gurley's mixed in a little bit. Johnson doesn't seem to be the number one overall pick that he was last year. Yeah. So I think there's a good chance if you have the three or the two pick that you can get some real, real good value out of David Johnson. Should be a beast. And also, you have to keep in mind, Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen are both high completion percentage quarterbacks. What does that mean? They like the safe throw. What's a safe throw? 
to your running back, right? Out of the backfield. Johnson can catch. He can run. He's going to be on the field for all three downs. I like that pick. Let's go to our technical producer, Aradis Vandy. Arad, who are you picking, buddy? I'm going to echo what uh, you and Sean just said. I'm picking David Johnson. DJ. DJ, man. The rest of the NFC West, even with the addition of Indomitian Sioux, they don't have the best running defenses. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. And you just said it, man. He's going to get a lot of catches because, one, he has a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. and two, Sam Bradford, who loves to throw to his running backs. So. And he won't stay on the field because he is brittle. He needs to have more milk. Sam Bradford. <laughs> and, and, and that's the, all right, that's a great point you bring up. Even if you are up against a tough running defense, the benefit of having a three-down back that can catch and pass protect out of the backfield is, okay, if you're tough up the middle, guess what? You swing Johnson out to the side. You avoid that run defense. You have the extended pass play, especially in PPR. I think Johnson's going to be a beast ball. Still give a slight edge, in my opinion, uh, to Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I don't think he can discount Odell Beckham Jr. with the addition of Saquon Barkley. And I think when you add in Saquon Barkley to that Giants backfield, it opens everything up because now teams just can't tee off or focus on Beckham. You have to account for Barkley. Sterling Shepard can be another beneficiary. But Odell, big contract. He's going to finally be happy, we hope. And the, all the potentials there. And for Josh Gordon, when you have an efficient quarterback like Tyrod Taylor and maybe Baker Mayfield at some point, Dude, Josh Gordon is so versatile for a big man. You don't just have to put him in the X on the outside. You can put him in the slot. You can get him in end arounds. He, I'll never forget watching him make Aqib Tlaib quit. One of the best cornerbacks in the game in 2014, in 2014. Quit. He embarrassed him. And that was in 10 games. And when he fully admitted he was high and or drunk every game. Imagine if he's sober. Like, Josh Gordon can be a monster here. So you can vote. At TSN Four Downs at Andy MC eighty one on who is your fantasy football comeback player of the year? I also teased a little bit before to look into the San Francisco Forty ers and this line is fascinating. We talked about David Purdom a little bit earlier from ESPN, but the San Francisco Forty ers over under win total is set at eight and a half, and Vegas just knows, right? They they just put the number just at that spot where it makes you think. And for the 49ers, of course, you add Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you listen to the show, you know I'm a Jimmy G guy. Okay, I love Jimmy G coming out of the draft. I think he's so efficient. Broke all Tony Romo's records at Eastern Illinois. Guy does it right. Won his two starts in New England. Went over to San Francisco. They had one win. He won five in a row. He's undefeated as a starter. But what you got to keep in mind is his touchdown-to-interception ratio was 7-5. to five. Okay? Teams are starting to get more tape on him. How does that affect everything? I think that the 49ers are going to be in the wild card conversation this year, but that they don't take that step forward to actually make it. I think that's going to be next year. So the eight and a half line, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. They might hit eight. I, I wouldn't be surprised at 500, but they might hit eight. Uh, also, folks, got a fun contest for you. DraftKings contest. I'm teaming up with them. You can go to my Twitter at AndyMC81. I just tweeted out the link there. To win your share of a million dollars. It's team pick them. All you got to do is pick half of the winners right. Half or more, you win your share of a million bucks. It's pretty cool. So let's get to a couple of these guys. We'll, we'll roll through now and then into next week as well. But again, you can check out that link at AndyMC81 of Team Pick'em. So let's go to a couple uh, uh, tricky ones here. So I'm gonna, we'll, we'll go with our favorite teams. Browns, Steelers. I pick Browns. I'm bullish. I think they're going to come up with a boom at home. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Cleveland as one of my DraftKings picks. Uh, Sean Lavery, let's go to the Chiefs game here because you're a Chiefs guy, right? Yeah, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to impress on the road in his uh, regular season debut. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs in San Diego. In San Diego, and you know what? Well, in L.A. technically now. Oh, sorry. Out of that soccer stadium, terrible. The Chiefs and Pat Mahomes is one of the great unknowns. That's going to be a fun team to watch. Arad, who's your team? Who do you like? I am hated by the rest of the NFL oh, fan base right. because I'm a Patriots fan. I remember. Boo! Okay, so you're taking the Pats, I assume. I mean, <laughs> first game of the season at home in Foxborough. How can you not take the Pats? Yeah, I think you, I think you got to go Pats against. But against the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien, former coach, Deshaun Watson return. That's gonna. That's not a gimme. That's gonna be a fun game. And they've been slow starters the past like two, three seasons. They have, but I, I still feel like in Foxborough. Yeah, in Foxborough, they're. Untouchable. I actually in our DraftKings contest, I actually took Houston. I, because of what you exactly you said, Arad, I think I think that the Patriots are slow starters and that they might be able to sting them. We don't know how that knee's going to hold up for Watson. J.J. Watts back healthy. It's going to be a real interesting game. You can play, try to get your share of a million bucks at AndyMC81. I've teamed up with DraftKings. Check it out. Your share of a million bucks. Pretty sweet. And you can vote on our Twitter poll at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. That's all the time we have, folks, for all the updates of cuts, of if there's any other blockbuster trades or any other NFL news, keep an eye on at TSN 4 Downs, TSN and the number 4 Downs. We'll make sure we tweet out all the info from there and at AndyMC81. If you missed any of the show, go to the show page on TSN 1050 or TSN 1150.ca under shows. You'll see TSN 4 Downs, iHeartRadio's got it, uh, iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, got you covered. It's almost here, people. Thursday, it's go time. NFL regular season. I'll be back with you next week, Saturday at 11 a.m. You've been listening to TSN 4 Down.